Welcome into Hit That Line Week 4. I'm your host, Zach Barry. Joining me, as always, Ben Woodhouse, Nicholas Carr, Austin Gray. We are here to preview and predict Ole Miss at Alabama. Number 15, Ole Miss. Number 13, Alabama. It's been a, uh, a long time since this game has been this closely ranked this early in the year. And, fellas, I don't know if it's – I probably need to do the research. Nick, Ben, Austin, y'all might know. When is the last time Alabama had a loss this early in the year going against Ole Miss? I thought about that today because I was thinking about if Ole Miss beats them, wouldn't they they'd be 2-2? Two and two. When was the last time they were 2-2? Two and two? Like so – had to be I mean, like 07. It, it's probably 07. I mean, I feel like that's the answer to almost all the trivia questions about Alabama. Yeah. Um, I will say I, I don't know the answer to that, but one thing I do know the answer to, and that is you can get some of the best-looking Ole Miss merch that you can find on the internet at homefieldapparel.com. Package finally came today. We're golden. Got my three items. If you would like to get three items out of the collection, or maybe you want to get four or five, you want to get all of them, go check out homefieldapparel.com. And when you do, use promo code TOC23 on your first purchase, and you will get 15% off. Uh, I went ahead and snagged the Tad Pad shirt, the Flood, and the um, basketball throwback lettering shirt. Uh, those were the three that I chose. They've got a quarter zip. They got a hoodie. You got some good stuff. Go check them out, homefieldapparel.com. And when you do, promo code TOC23. Um, looking at the schedule, oh, God. Wikipedia does the shit where they vacate the wins. Um, so in 2007, Alabama started out 3-0 and then lost two straight. And then won two, three more, and then lost four straight, and then won a bowl game against the Colorado Buffaloes in Shreveport. So they were five weeks in before they had two losses? That is correct. They lost to number 22 Georgia and to Florida State. I mean, so uh, it may be like – I don't want to just you know go through the whole history of Alabama football on the show, but it may be like 2002 is a lot, the only other time I could think of when they were – had a lot of losses. I mean, that's that's pretty crazy. I mean, you know, we haven't gotten there yet, but we got a chance to. Yeah. Um 2006 they were 6 and 7. They were 6 and 6 in 04, but they started out 3 and 0, one of those being against Ole Miss. 2003 they were 4-9 with Mike Shula. Could this be it? They started, yep, there it is, 2 and 2. Mm. 2003, opening win over South Florida. How about that? Full circle. <laughs> um, and then they beat, uh, excuse me, they lost to number one Oklahoma and then beat Kentucky and then lost to Northern Illinois and then number nine Arkansas in double overtime. Good gosh. Yeah. Northern Illinois. Can you imagine? Like that? that is a whole different world of college football when, I mean, obviously that's not the same Alabama team, but like an <laughs> yeah. SEC team, not named Vanderbilt, losing to NIU. Uh, so, this doesn't happen now. We just re- we recruited a different caliber player. So I'll give you a, a trivia question, then we'll get into this this week's game and get off of the uh, Alabama trivia hour here. But their last game of the year was a loss, 
37-29 L on the road. I can't tell you where because it's a dead giveaway, but do you know who they lost to at the end of 2003? Yeah. Alabama? Yeah, does anybody know this answer? Hawaii. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. Alabama did the the dumbest, cheapest, like the NCAA never should have allowed it. They got a two-year bowl ban, and so Alabama came out with the most blatant ploy ever and announced – consecutive trips to Hawaii, Hawaii in December right. at the end of their year. Like mm. that if Ole Miss tried to do that, they'd give us an extra year of bowl of bowl position. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's absurd. Yeah. So they, they didn't they, go to a bowl two years in a row, but got a thirteenth game in Hawaii. Because yeah, the year before in, in 2002, Dennis Franchoni, they went 10 and 3, couldn't go to a bowl, but they went to Aloha Stadium and beat the mighty Rainbow Warriors 21 to 16. They just, beat just, the mighty Ole Miss Rebels that year like an absolute drum. Forty-two to seven. Correct. I, okay. It wasn't that close. Oof. Last thing on this, I think it's horseshit. If you have a bowl ban, you shouldn't be able to be ranked. Yeah, well, you're, he, you're not. You're not in the AP, right? You're it's, it's a coach's thing only. I thought so. It looks like it, on Wikipedia it says rankings from AP poll. Mm. Maybe not. I think that's stupid. If you can't yeah, go to a bowl, like why are you? Why are you? Who being was? Ranked? Who was their running back that year? Two thousand. No, no, it was after Alexander. Um, he's still running for touchdowns against Ole Miss. Yeah. Uh, after Alexander, uh, it was Sean Alexander. Santonio Beard. Oh no, it was Santonio Beard. Beard. Yeah. He tied Sean Alexander's record. He had five rushing touchdowns. Correct. He 13 carries, 138, five touchdowns. This is the problem when we go to Alabama is that not always, I guess, but a lot of times they like pound us in the first half. And then it's Mm -hmm. like the game's over at halftime. Yeah, they just salted away. Yeah. Like they last, you know, in 21, we won 10 regular season games and they, what were they beating us like 28 or 35 nothing at half? 35 to nothing. Now, don't get me wrong. They were a great football team, but were they five touchdowns better than us in one half? We went 10 and two. We beat the brakes off of LSU that year, and Alabama was was beating us 35 nothing and a half. But that was like when Kiffin was in his, like, yeah, but 35 to bullshit era where he would just go for it on fourth down no matter what. Yeah, but we're this is 35 nothing. I understand it even at 21 nothing. I'd have but to go like, back and look at the box score. I want to see what those drives were because I do feel like there were a couple stupid, you know, turnover on downs where that field was incredibly short. But the, yeah, yeah, we, we open we opened the game by going right down the field and stalled out on like their six on a fourth down, right? Yeah, yeah, that's, like a twelve play, brand. eighty yard, yeah, zero point drive. I mean, here yeah. you go. What was his name? Was it Brian Robinson Jr.? Yeah, yeah, Brian Robinson Jr. Thirty-seven. I'm sorry. Hang on. 36 carries for 171 yards and four touchdowns. Wait, he ran the ball 36 <laughs> times in a college football game? They pounded the rock. That's so many down times. Down our throat. A dude not named Derrick Henry ran it 36 times. That's amazing. Good Lord. All right. Saturday, 2.30 CBS. The line, I believe, is still, what, six and a half or is it seven? Uh, I've seen either six one and a works. Half. Yeah. Yeah, let me pull up. Vegas Insider. Anyway, the 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 pick is the Ole Miss money line. Go on and get out in front of that. Right, you can you can get six and a half in some books. All right. Um, 
we'll 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 let everybody go around the horn. Give your take and uh how you think Saturday will shake out because I got um I've already given my pick on a couple shows, but y'all y'all get a first crack at it before I say my piece. I won't like monologue it, I'll just make it conversation. I'll tell y'all, I don't think that Alabama's quarterback is any good. I'll start it with that statement. No matter who they play, I don't think Milrow's any good. I don't think the guy from Notre Dame's any good. Who's he's actually bad. Butler. Uh, <laughs> I was gonna say that that dude's bad. Throwing, like, he's bad. We don't have to he's we don't have cheeks. to think that. How did he play so much at Notre Dame? And that's a good football team. <laughs> Dude, they were bad. <laughs> the top five football program all the time, and Buckner was their quarterback. This is just unbelievable to think also, about. Also, just, just so everyone's clear, every single recruiting service had him as a four-star quarterback. <laughs> every single one of them missed, missed on that thing. I mean, just – Now, ugh. let me ask y'all this. Um, or, so, they're going to play Milroy. Do we think he plays the whole game? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I think so. Yeah, I do too. Yeah. I mean, barring no, a I say that in Ole Miss's favor, and they put Ty Simpson in just to get some yeah, reps. Yeah, yeah, right, exactly. Let let's say, you know, my lips to God's ears, we jump out seventeen nothing. They may have to go to the bullpen, man, because I don't think Milrow can throw pan. them back into it. Yeah, no, the, yeah, the Boo Birds will be out at seventeen nothing. Yeah, yeah, like like let's say he's got a fumble and a pick, and we're up seventeen twenty to nothing. Then yeah, they go to the bullpen. I think I think they have to at that point. But anything yeah. short of that, I think they ride him. I mean, people people are already doubting and calling for Tommy Reese to be out of there. Oh yeah. Okay. Uh, so so next question: Do y'all speak with Alabama fans fairly regularly? Like I have a few friends I talk no. to no. pretty much every day who are Alabama fans. They uniformly expect to get drilled Saturday. Like that's not they're not speaking that into existence to like um uh as they're not trying you know, to like reverse KOD it. Reverse jinx. Correct. Mm. No. They're like, dude, we're we're not good. I mean, they're like it you know, because the thing there's one thing to get to lose at home to Texas, right? There's another thing, and then that's a one off bad game. But you don't follow that up with a trip to South Florida, who's the worst team in the FBS, and struggle. Like that. Yeah. The sitting Quentin Flowers, South Florida. Now, what shocked, I, shocked me about that was they could not push South Florida around. Like I correct. thought at some point that they were just going to say, you know what? Screw the passing game. We got to get out of here with a W. We're going to turn around and hand the ball off 40 times, and we're going to win, you know, 35 to three. They couldn't do it. They just couldn't they couldn't it. turn it on. How is everyone so wrong on this Alabama offensive line? I mean, people were talking. Dude, it's crazy. They're going to be one of the best in the in like the country. Them in Ohio yes. State, yep. and they're Dude, I mean, um, pitiful. Is was it Latham that went to Media Days? Yeah, I'd be lying. Yeah, sure. Okay, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I because when I was at Media Days and I was walking around talking to people and everybody was like, "Man, there's a there's an edge to this Bama group this year. Like they're normally buttoned up and." They're real proper. Yeah. They're coached up on how to talk, but they were like, "Man, Latham is has got an edge to him, and he's all cocky and talking about how good they're going to be, and they're going to run all over people." And it wasn't just him; like all the national media were like, "This O line is is just." I mean, I'll ask y'all this: It might have been us talking about it. Are they too big? Maybe because like th their average size is bigger than NFL offensive line. Yeah. Yeah, I think they average right. They are bigger than the biggest NFL offensive line, oh, aren't they? I it, think so. it was it was uh it was our boy Ben Still. 
uh, I was talking to him and we were, cause we had mentioned it. Like they put up the graphic, you know, week one or whatever, about how like their average offensive lineman, I think is like six, six, three thirty or three thirty five. Mm-hmm. So their left tackle is six seven three sixty. True. And their right the guy, tackle, their right tackle is six six three sixty. Oh, who's the guy in the picture uh, ahead of Saban when he came in, looking like a, you know, like he was lost his last friend. He was like walking in the tunnel. In the tunnel, yeah. And everyone, oh. and everyone was saying like, oh, it looks like Saban's lost it. That dude was an absolute giant. It had to be mm-hmm. one of those tackles you're talking about, Ben. Well, the oh yeah, the left, they- the left tackle is what Caden Proctor. Yeah, Caden Proctor. He's the mm-hmm. dude they flip from Iowa. He's a yeah. enormous human. But yeah, like because Ben brought it up, they showed the graphic. I guess it was in the Texas game, and he was like, "I feel like that's too big." Yeah, especially in the SEC where you've got dudes like Isaac Ukwu and and Harold mm-hmm. Perkins. You know these dudes off the edge. Like you're too big to move to block those guys. And actually, like it, in the run game, they're not super effective either because they get winded so quickly. I mean, they can oh yeah. they can road they grade can't hurry for, up either. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, they can road yeah, grade they, for a series or two, but then they're just as gassed as the guy they're going against, if not more so. Yeah, I mean, they it's fa- it's it's wild to me because I mean, the, I kept using the word identity all week in talking on shows and talking with people about this game. I, I mean, Alabama does not have an identity. They don't have a. They don't. They, I mean, they they quote know who the quarterback is because everyone else sucks. But like, you know, like y- y'all just said, they can't run hurry up. They still can't mow people down because the offensive line has been so inconsistent. They don't have any skill guys that truly scare you. Uh, I mean, J- Jermaine Burton's solid. Um, but I mean, yeah, like it's it's a it's a weird. It's such a so, weird vibe going into this game because they're they're not your granddad's Alabama anymore. Yeah, go back to 2008, okay? 2008, who played quarterback at Alabama in 08? Was that McElroy? McElroy, uh, was it McElroy? Well, they had, you know, Julio Jones into, who was next, Calvin Ridley into Cooper, um, yeah, Amari Cooper. And John Parker Wilson like, was the starter. Mm-hmm. They have like Mechie and uh, the the guy who won the Devontae Thomas or Smith. Devontae Smith. Anyway, and, and they had like several guys on that team. Point being is, is like, man, they've always had some Dude, Henry Ruggs. Dude, Henry at Ruggs. one point, uh, I saw this tweet. I just found it. There were 42 plays in 2019 when Alabama had Jerry Judy, Henry Ruggs, Devontae Smith, and Jalen Waddle on the field at the same time. Yes. <laughs> Like yeah, and so, but insane. they also have like Matt Jones playing quarterback, or yeah, or right. Tua, or Jalen, or we're talking about all NFL starting quarterbacks, all NFL starting wide receivers, all NFL starting running backs, all NFL starting offensive linemen, all NFL starting tight ends, and so yeah. it's like, and then now you go, okay, name a band receiver, well Burton, and it's like. Is anybody? I mean, I'm sure they're good guys. They they recruit, they recruit nothing but five star players. It's good in terms of talent, or they were ranked highly out of high school. But I think what's happening now with Alabama is proof of how important quarterback is, and what's happening oh, yeah. with Ole Miss is proof of how important quarterback is because we have weaknesses. But Jackson Dart has been playing so good and protecting the football so well that Ole Miss is really. I mean, just so strong for 60 minutes. It's just so difficult 
to beat on beat all best because they're not beating themselves other than other than some penalties up front mm-hmm. on off, mm-hmm. on the offensive line. I mean, can y'all think of a weakness on offense? You know, there's clearly some issues going on in the backfield, but other than that, I you know, I, I the think old, there's some issues in the backfield with one person in particular. But you know, Bitly yeah. ran ran well last Correct. week. Hell, I agree. Matt, Matt Jones when he got in the game put his foot in the ground and got upfield more yeah. quickly than you know some other guys have for us this year. I just want to say about Bentley, like in in nine times out of ten years, we would be talking about how great of a back Bentley was. He is an extremely good blocking back. Yep. He is. I mean, he is lightning quick out there. Like so explosive, man. I mean, in so many years, if if Bentley was the guy coming in the year, everyone would be like, we got we got ourselves a good running back. So like Mm -hmm. the fact that he's the backup tells me a lot about the team and like the running backs that we've got but also that we're in good hands, whoever has the ball back there. Mm-hmm. I mean, really, Bentley is very good. I would – I mean, it maybe sounds crazy, but I wouldn't be surprised if he plays, like, significant time in the NFL. That's the the key word there is hands because Bentley, last two seasons, he's had some issues holding on to the football. Yeah. Um, You know, regardless of what the issues are on offense, I think that's uh, – you know, everybody always does the question – what stat do you want to know going into the game to give you an idea of how the game went? And at first, I wanted to know turnovers. Um, nah, Milrose stats. I want to know Milrose. I want to know how many how, how many sacks. If Ole Miss can get in his face, and maybe not six sacks in a game, just create pressure and force him to make rash, quick decisions. Because look, I. If Jalen Milrow car- carves up Ole Miss on Saturday, it's going to be a long year because yeah. I do not believe in my amateur scouting and analysis that he is good enough to carve people up. He hasn't shown that he's good enough to do it. And I think the edge here for Ole Miss is Pete Golding. He was in that building last year. He knows the personnel. He knows their weaknesses. He went against them every day in practice. Um I think that that's going to be huge. I think they're going to have some some packages put together to put him in spots to where he is going to turn the football over. And I think that's the turnover battle is huge on the road. You got to take care of the football. But yeah, I need to know defensive, you know, how many pressures, how many quarterback hurries. I need to know that. And if, if Ole Miss can get in his face and disrupt, I think that Ole Miss will be in a good mood on Saturday night. I um I think that if I'm both defensive coordinators, I'm I'm sending so much pressure the entire game that, you know, I'm making I, I guess you run the risk of a, a busted run for a big play, like if you break through that first level. But if you start if you send so many guys, but I wouldn't let Jackson Dart sit sit back there because he Jackson Jackson seems to be at his best in that intermediate to deep passing game, particularly the Watkins. He likes a one play in particular where it's like a deep cross mm-hmm. over the over middle routes. Of the field. Gosh, man, Watkins that he kill Dart kills people on that. But mm-hmm. um, you know, I wouldn't give him enough time to be able to do that. And if I'm on this, I'm just, I'm doing the same thing. Like I I'm gonna widen out the defensive ends and keep Milrow contained. And uh, and you know, try to you know get as much pressure on him as possible. I, I like the matchup for Ole Miss. I do. 
like, and y'all know me. I, I mean, I'm the eternal optimist, but at the same time, I call it like I see it. I, I just, I think this is like a an exorcism game. We're going to exercise some demons here. I think that particularly Kiffin, I'm looking at like a, this is going to, it's going to be a fun late fourth quarter for Ole Miss fans at Brian Denny. I, I think that this is a 34-22 final Ole Miss. Like I, I think that Ole Miss punches one in late to win by two scores. Inshallah, man. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm telling you, there, in my life, there's only been one time where it was like a true blowout of Alabama, and that was Eli Manning's senior year. And mm-hmm. um, when Ole Miss just like walked the dog on them. You know, oh, I don't yeah. know this, three is, was this not is going to be close. that. Yeah, but this is going to be a – Ole Miss is it, – it's going to be a fun day. I, I really – you know. I could be wrong. I mean, but what? Who cares if if Alabama blows Ole Miss out? You know, the, the yeah. national media be like, "Well, it's just another Bama Ole Miss game." You mm-hmm. know what I mean? We've seen um, more sixty-two to sevens in the last ten years than we've seen Ole Miss wins. So, yeah. All right, Austin, Nick. Before y'all go, uh, I do want to say before you head over to Tuscaloosa for the game, um, might need it. Snag an extra polo. Maybe maybe you need a new crispy one for the uh, for the road game, or uh, maybe you need a couple extra cups for the road for your coffee, or uh, if you're riding in the passenger seat or in the back, you might make you a little a little cockatoo on the way there. Uh, go over to College Corner, check them out. Sisk Avenue in Oxford, Mississippi. Um, they have got brand new real tree tumblers. They've got real tree shakers. If you, uh, I mean, hey, if you want to make a little protein shake or some electrolytes on the way there, get your real tree shaker. But um, they've got new tumblers. Uh, they look good. Go over there and get to uh, get you a couple real tree uh, cups. And then, uh, yeah, like I said, get you uh, get you some new polos. Get you some pullovers. Get the kids something. Uh, if you're doing some tailgating in Tuscaloosa, they got tailgating supplies there. They got gifts. All of that and more. At college corner in oxford sisk avenue go uh tell scott and the uh folks over there that uh the boys on hit that line sent you and uh get you some old miss swag all right austin um fire away buddy what do you think about saturday afternoon yeah i can't really disagree with with much uh that anyone said yet i'll, I'll just say this it's this the probably the least sexy part of the game but i'm i'm just reminded of 2016 um special teams in games like this can win or lose you the game. And I'm not just talking about missing or making field goals. You remember in 16, we had, we were up by two touchdowns at the end of the second quarter. Yeah. We punt the ball. Eddie Jackson returns at 85 yards with a minute yep. left in the first half. And suddenly a 24, 10 game in the first half turns into a 24, 17 game. And then like within, I don't know, a couple minutes of the third quarter, Bama returns a three yard fumble for a touchdown. And so it's 24-24, and their offense hadn't done shit. That cannot happen. That can't happen Saturday, right? We we have to we have to punt the ball well. Our punt coverage unit has to play the best yeah. they've played all season or are going to play all season. We cannot give them free points or free yards, right? We can't give up a 60-yard punt return that puts them on our 30. Um, things like that in games like this are critical. I mean, I, state the obvious. We can't turn the ball over. We'd like to win the turnover battle. Um, also, yeah. to your point, and not to interrupt you too much, yeah. But think about the two wins Ole Miss had: 
Calls exactly. the fumble on the punt return from uh, in, at home yep. from uh, mm-hmm. Christian. What's his face? Number tw- I can't, number twenty two. I can't Christian think of Jones. his last name. Christian Jones. And then the same thing happened the next year. Calls two fumbles on kickoffs. I'm sorry, yeah. fumble on the kickoff in fourteen and fumble on two kickoffs in fifteen. Yeah. So go ahead. Sorry. No, exactly. And, and like those are the big ticket items on special teams. I even mean the hidden stuff, the hidden yardage. You know, don't don't like. I don't want us to have a big punt return that gets called back for holding. You just have to be clean in all phases of the game to beat teams like this. And I know they're down. They are not the Alabama team they were of a couple of years back. Um, they've got weaknesses, glaring weaknesses. We are once again going into Alabama with the better quarterback like we did in 21. I know Bryce Young later became the Bryce Young that we all know him to be today. But that day, Matt Corral was the better quarterback going into that game. And I think this is another time where we're going into that stadium with a better quarterback. We need to capitalize on it. If we get some of the skill guys back, I really like our chances. Um, I think Pete Golding is going to be in his bag. Look, you mentioned Golding, Zach. Wes Neighbors was also on those Alabama staffs. Um, Mm -hmm. Our safeties coach. He's going to be as familiar with their staff as Pete is, familiar with their tendencies on that side of the ball, familiar with Saban and company and their personnel. So, you know, we got three guys on our staff who know this Alabama program and its personnel really, really well, know their tendencies, um, know Saban. So you can't underestimate that. And I'll just speak to the number. This is a gambling podcast. So let's speak to the number just briefly here. At seven, I've heard probably a dozen people say the Alabama line against Texas was seven and the Alabama line against Ole Miss is seven. And Ole Miss is not Texas, and therefore Alabama's going to crush us. The number's wrong. It doesn't make any sense. Okay. That (laughs) – as the sample size grows, as we get more data, the markets get more efficient, right? Now, if if Texas and Bama played today, the line wouldn't be seven today. So to me, no. this, it's a stupid argument to say Ole Miss doesn't deserve the Texas number. Well, no shit. The Texas number today would be like Texas minus ten and a half against Bama. I mean, yeah. they beat the hell out of Bama. So I, I just don't put any stock in that. Um, so, yeah, I, I think the number – feels right uh, home field at Bryant Denny's what four probably three and a half four um I, at I think 230 it, it's probably not even that so uh, you, you know, know what I mean I, I think mm-hmm. it's a fair number um but I you know I'm with y'all I think Ole Miss wins outright I, I think I think today we may not have the better roster but we have a better team today we are better in the positions that matter most I think we have an extremely motivated staff and not just our head coach this time around. And that's not to say that we weren't motivated in years past in the popcorn game. I'm not blaming um, the loss on lack of motivation. I'm just saying Pete Golding is a different animal than we took in there in 21. And DJ Durkin. <laughs> exactly. Good Lord. So, like, we've seen what Pete does in terms of halftime adjustments. We've seen how Pete is on the whiteboard. He's still going to have – you know, a unit that is not as good as his counterparts on the other side of the field. But I think they will be just good enough to pull out the W here. Again, better quarterback, a staff who's who's motivated. And in top to bottom, I don't know that our staff is, is worse than Alabama's. I, actually, I really don't. I mean, I know Saban's the GOAT and, um, you know, probably assembles rosters better than anybody ever has in college football history. But But all things must come to an end. And it just feels like we are quickly nearing the end of the Saban era. And this team, I think, sort of reflects that. They're kind of disorganized. Look, last year, they were among the tops in the country in penalties a game. Like, they were completely unorganized. 
Um, really undisciplined. Not, yeah, it, and this isn't to hate on Saban because it, it happens to everyone. He's getting old. He is, he and he looks is. it, dude. He looks it. He sounds. And like I think it. he. Know, I think he knows that. He's like, you know what? Like this is the end of it too. I'm not saying that he's still not the greatest coach of all time at the greatest college football program of all time. Yeah. Like both of those things are true. Mm-hmm. That does not mean that they can't lose. I mean, they got kind of dragged by Texas. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. And For it's sure. not like oh, they once... followed that up with a get right game at South Florida. They damn near lost it. Well, hey, then, we, you know what I'm saying. They they yeah. once good. they once they got off script. I mean, Kwiatkowski yeah. got in it. And look, it feels like staff turnover. And the staff turnover bingo that Saban has been forced to play for like 15 years and that he usually wins. Somehow he usually goes out and finds, you know, elite coordinators to replace the elite coordinators he lost the year before. It looks like he's finally come up snake eyes there where he just it just didn't happen. He got Tommy Reese and Kevin Steele. It's just not those are not the same level of coordinator he's had in the past. And so if you have a declining Saban and coordinators who can't hack it. I just I really like our chances here. I, I'm with Ben. I, I kind of like his outright. There are Alabama staffs that had Lane Kiffin as an offensive coordinator and Kirby Smart as a defensive, defensive coordinator. Yeah, right. Yeah, that is it's, not it's, this. It's, it's hard to replicate that. It really is. And Saban deserves yeah. so much credit for doing it yes. year over year. He did, but this is not, it. Didn't happen this year. The College Corner is headed to Oxford. Stop by their new location in the Oxford Commons off Sisk Avenue. They'll have 4,000 square feet of Rebel gear ready for your trip to the Grove. On your next trip to Oxford, stop by the College Corner or our other great locations in Ridgeland and Flowood. Hats, shirts, polos, pullovers, sweats, T-shirts. College Corner has it all. And as always, you can visit us online at collegecornerstore.com. That's collegecornerstore.com. The College Corner, where your game day apparel meets. The older I get, the more I realize there are just some things I don't know. Balancing a budget, for example. I'm not a financial whiz. Sure, I know batting averages, passing and rushing yards, three-point shooting percentage. But intentionally putting away money for retirement? That's where my friends at NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast come in. NerdWallet's trusted financial journalists use fact-based reporting for some much-needed clarity in the financial world, helping you make smarter decisions with your money. The nerds have helped me get smarter about things like planning my tax bills so I don't dread April every single year. Actually, I was one of the first in line this time around. Saving on travel so that I can take my girls on trips. Because spending less on airfare means more money for an extra night and maybe a fancy dinner too. So enjoy the things you love, the Ole Miss Rebels, your family, your friends, knowing that your financial situation is taken care of with advice that you followed from NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app today. Trust me, future you will thank you. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Are you looking at cutting your health insurance premiums by as much as 20 to 30%? Are you aging into Medicare and need help finding a Medicare supplement plan? 
Call Drew Moak of USA Benefits Group at 601-953-8449. Drew is an Ole Miss grad located in Mississippi and licensed in seven states. He works with the nation's second largest health insurance brokerage with access to 35 different carriers, and he can help you with any of your health insurance needs. From regular health plans to life insurance to dental and vision and even Medicare, he has it all covered. Now more than ever, it is critical to have a health insurance agent who is local and accessible. So call Drew Moak at 601 601- 953-8449 and get your free quote today. Y'all remember how we all reacted when they hired Tommy Reese and Kevin Steele? Yeah. I mean, I'm pretty sure I know I said it and I think everybody else was saying the same thing, but we were all just like what the hell are they doing? Mm-hmm. Like this is not inspiring at all. Like Tommy Nick. Reese, I, I think what was this his second year as a coordinator? Yeah, and Kevin Steele has been, I mean, literally everywhere. Everywhere, yeah. Like, yeah. the most retread of all retreads, and he's, and he's, like he's been yeah, – he's been, hasn't been really, like, loved other than, like, that two games at Auburn mm-hmm. in, a, in a good little while. Okay, I was Nick's wrong. about he... to lock in Alabama. I'm, I'm <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> I, you talked me out he of was, a lock, but – Tommy Reese the, was an OC at Notre Dame for – he was OC and quarterbacks coach from 2020 to 2022. So three, three, four years. I feel yeah, like he's still be sports, playing yeah. football. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> it's, so okay, uh, the 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 fireman's here to dump a little water on on the 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 fire that's going on with with you guys. Uh, I know. I actually, yeah, I, I mentioned earlier how I, I contemplated locking in Alabama. I'm not going to do that because I I think Ole Miss can cover, but I like can't state this enough. The first couple drives of the game are so incredibly important. I sat with Ben in 2021 and we marched down the field and we didn't score. And he looked at me and he said, and I'm not calling you out, Ben, I'm, I'm just saying, I, I agree. I'd agree with this at the time. He said, I, we're okay. We, we look, we dominated on that drive. It took everything in them to stop us. And I thought the same thing. I was like, you know what? We're, he's right. We should have scored that drive. It's okay. Not a big deal. And then they destroyed us in that first half. Right. After that drive, I think we probably had like one or two first downs and they had, you know, five touchdowns point is is that it is so pivotal in this game to not get behind i mean if you get behind seven nothing like first drive yeah okay but you cannot let yourself get behind two scores and i mean that's 10 points you must come out and score in the first two drives and you must get at least one stop on the first two drives we cannot get behind in this game at all because the same thing will happen again and i'm afraid the same tightness will come with kiffin because i mean how many times have you guys heard this week if not now then win for Kiffin. If not now, win for yeah. Lane Kiffin against Nick Saban. When's he going to do it? Because we don't play him. Well, next he was year. not going to the opportunity again. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So we don't, we don't play him next year. Who knows if we're going to play him in twenty twenty five? And at that point, it's like, is he going to face Saban again? Is he still going to be, you know, be here? Whatever. So if not now, Saban's going to be at Alabama. Yeah, yeah exactly, exactly. So like, how how many times have you heard that? Dozens of times. He hears that. I I'm concerned that he will coach in that same manner. That I don't want to say tightness, but you know, like he he will feel as though like everything has to be perfect, and that's why I say it is so important to come out of the gate not necessarily strong. You have to be up fourteen nothing in the first quarter, but that'd be very cool. But you have to come out of the gate, and it has to like that that worry and fear of like everything has to be perfect needs to wear off. We need to get it, you know, it at the end of the first quarter it needs to be a tie ball game, or we need to be you know down three points or something like that. It needs to be right there. 
so we could just play football. And we were not able to play football in 2021. After that first drive, they got on us so quick. It was just like our heads were spinning. I remember sitting there late in the first half looking around, and we were like, I, I, do we do we go home? Like it's thirty five nothing. I I, I, I guess that's it. Yeah, you know, you did go home. You and we we for some stupid reason watched the bands at halftime and then watched like two drives in the second half. And it was like we we hardly got a chance to play football in twenty twenty one because of how quickly it happened. We had whiplash, and I mean, it, obviously, it goes without saying we don't need to be down thirty five nothing Saturday, but we just need to weather the initial storm and get out there and play football what? because I I think we're a better team than they are. On Saturday. Let, let's, talk, so, let's talk about let's get through that. That specific game, though. Okay. Yes, I, I commended us after that first drive, and it was a good one. Yeah, but, it was great. It was a great first drive. Now, but we also looked at each other and were like, once Bama went up 14 nothing or whatever, we were like, this game's over. I mean, yeah. The, yeah. the speed that Alabama played at that day compared to what we played at that day. It, they had 14 players complete. on the field. It was unbelievable. Yes. They, we weren't even anywhere near in the same. But the next year, let, all right, let's talk about 22. All right. Mm-hmm. We had the best player on the field in 21 in Matt Corral. It, it, to me. Yeah. It, it, didn't, sure. it didn't matter because of the remain. I mean, we had some really good players in 21, and we went 10-2. and two. Is that the worst 10-2 and two team that you've ever seen? Like I, It has to be. I'm, I'm sorry. It has to be. I, we were – we weren't great at, at all year long. That's why we've you know, had eight and four teams that would have beat that team. I guess is my at, point. I mean, every, and I'm saying every worst Eli's, four, like Eli's nine and three team would have destroyed that team. And so w- what I'm getting at now, though, 22, though, implement NIL, do whatever. Do, the, it looked a lot closer in terms mm-hmm. oh, yeah. of we didn't, it didn't look like we kind of, just hung with Alabama like the 2020 year where they eventually just blew us out at the end or, or ran away with it. Well, Dude, they beat us last year because they had like the best, best player the better team. Correct. They, they, be, yeah. it was they beat us last year because they had Bryce Young. Yep. Correct. Correct. Without, without Bryce Young, Ole Miss wins that game last year by 17. Yeah. And he's, and he's not playing Saturday. We just got to, we just got to weather a storm because oh, at the end of the day, there's a lot of players on this team. And, and coaches that were here in 21 and will remember that. I mean, it's not the whole team. I, we, I know we have a lot of transfers, but they will remember. And this is what Ole Miss has done in Tuscaloosa. This is, this is still Alabama. And I don't want us to look up at the end of the first quarter and go, oh, shit, man. We let Alabama be Alabama for a quarter, and here we are, you know, 17-3 and, or something like that. And, and, the, and we can move on, but the only place that – we go to other school. I mean – Ole Miss at Vault Hemingway is one of the smaller stadiums in the league. What, what, like fourth or fifth smallest, probably, maybe even more than that. But when you go to Arkansas or Auburn or, you know, even Tennessee, even though it's a lot bigger stadium, it doesn't feel bigger. Alabama is the one stadium that you play at. And it's like, holy, sh- this feels like big time when you're in the stadium. Bear mm-hmm. Bryant talks. Nick Saban runs out of the field. Like playing at Alabama feels like you're playing at an NFL stadium. Like it feels yeah, it feels like you're playing the Jets. Like it's like golly, dude. Like this is we're in the same conference. Like you look around, you're like, <laughs> what? You know, and they and so to your point, Nick, we have to weather the storm because they mm-hmm. are going to be jacked up at the beginning, unless we pop yeah. them in, in the mouth a couple times and go up fourteen nothing. You can take the crowd out of it. We've seen that too. We sat with each other in fifteen, 
yeah, and, and they were leaving. They, they were leaving. The and they're like, what the? Who is this? I remember yeah. the man behind us, because we were like on the last row of Ole Miss fans and either NN or M, whatever section that is. And Alabama people were directly behind us. I remember a man and his wife going, like, they are kicking the dog crap out of us. We're leaving. Like, I remember him saying, we, we're not as good as they are. I can hear him still talking to her, <laughs> like, let's go. Because it was an eight fifteen kickoff. They were oh, already yeah. tired. They're ready to roll. Uh, you know, I just – I don't think that – it's not as much – I think we're a good football team. I just think we have a great – and here's another thing. Our best player is not our quarterback. Our best player is our kicker. And that could <laughs> – Yes, that could help, help us. I mean, it, that's not to say Jackson Dart's a bad player. Our kicker should be kicking for the Oakland Raiders right now. <laughs> and so – and, like, so to me, I mean, I think that helps when it, when it comes to, like – it's fourth and six on the 38 mm. and Kiffin's like, you know what? Kick the 54 yarder. Mm. Like yeah. go he, take y'all points. noticed like since he realized he has a good kicker, he's, he's using like, it. dude, he's yes. just pressing that button every other play. Mm-hmm. Like he's, I, and, I think he's going to start kicking on second down. Yeah. Like, and he, so let's just a, say, <laughs> let's just say it. though, like in this particular game, Alabama, whereas let's say they start out high and they're, they score the, their opening two drives. They score touchdowns. And instead of us going for it on on fourth and six, we kick two field goals. Well, fourteen to six is yeah, not yeah, insurmountable. Yeah. Fourteen to nothing, it's like, dang, dude! Like we need turnovers mm-hmm. at that point. All right, so we've got, we got ben, a chance. I mean, Ben and Austin yeah. both predicting wins. Nick, are you on that same boat? Man, he's on a cover boat. I think is what I heard. I'm, I I think we're gonna cover. I I just. My worry with, with Alabama is, is that, you know, animals are most dangerous when their backs are against the wall. And, you know, I, I get it. I acknowledge all good things must come to an end. But I just don't know that it – Is their back is, against the wall, though? That. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they could still they, win the West. They don't have a conference loss. I mean, but the, but everything they're, is they're, in front of Alabama. Their next loss puts them almost certainly out of the – unless they ran the table – it puts them and, out of the conference, the the CFP discussion, and then they'd have to beat LSU, and they'd have to beat Georgia. So I think their backs against the wall. So, and also, I mean, if they lose to us, like they're staring down the. I mean, we would have the the you know, tiebreaker at the end, end of everything if they were to beat Alabama, and we'd each have a loss. You know, if we lost to, um, if they were to beat LSU, we were to lose to Georgia. So I, I mean, I definitely think their backs against the wall. What's the total here? 55, 54 and a half, 55, something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I kind of think the unders the plays, honestly. Total is they just threw out the generic college total on us. Yeah, they did. Yeah, four touchdowns yeah. a team. Yeah, um, like, we don't know. We don't know. Fifty-five. Yeah, yeah. I am. Uh, I'm gonna lock Ole Miss in here. Good yeah. night. <laughs> there we go. Now we're talking. Um, and I see I mean, sevens until, out there. By the way, Ben. I mean, yeah, I, I, I want yeah. Ole Miss plus seven. They don't have yeah. a quarterback. Like they have. They have a million five stars. I'm not an idiot, but like, if okay. Ole, if Alabama wins 34-28, Ole Miss covers. That's not an unrealistic. Alabama is yeah. one dimensional right now. Give me the give me Ole Miss plus seven. So, normally the 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 way to combat this argument because I I, I do it and I think y'all do too. Most people. This isn't some like revelation of how to pick games. I will first and foremost always look at the quarterback. Quarterback matchup favors Ole Miss in a big way. 
I don't think that's outlandish to say. Um, and then I'm looking at the lines of scrimmage. I think it's probably pretty even, which is insane to say. And then I'm looking at skill guys, you know, who's a game breaker, who can, who can bust a big play right now. Ole Miss has got that. I mean, look, he wasn't getting much attention early in the year, you know, for good reason, because of the transfer receivers that Ole Miss brought in. But Jordan Watkins is a game breaker now. When his number is called, he's making plays. Dayton Wade. He looks faster, man. Yeah, Watkins does. Watkins looks um, faster, yeah. I talk to people that that are field level at games, and they say he looks completely different from last year. Mm-hmm. Um, he looked like he ran away from those Georgia Tech DBs. No, I know that's yeah. not Alabama DBs, but he ran away from them. They had angles on him, and he ran away. Um, Dayton Wade has, has – I mean, the dude uh, – is he on scholarship yet? No, but he should be. Okay. He they, they've got a Dayton Wade is not on scholarship. He's not. He's a walk on. What? Um, he yeah, I mean, somebody needs to Corvette give up scholarship. Neat was on scholarship for four years. <laughs> that is a oh my God. It's a deep cut. Was Richie Contratesi on scholarship? I don't think so. Uh, I hope not. Mother of God. Um, but so what I'm getting at is these dudes are making plays. And you add into the fact, my God, we buried the lead on this show um, this week. Caden Priestcorn, Sakari Franklin, and Trey Harris are all expected to play. Yes. We know what Trey Harris is. I mean, the dude has five touchdowns in less than two full games. He can be a game breaker. And then Sakari Franklin, I I mean, everybody calls him the, the slant monster. I mean, he was just a yak machine on a really good UTSA team that won the Conference USA title. Uh, I think they won 11 games. Um, he's playing for the first time, and Caden Priestcorn's playing for the first time, who was These really good at Memphis. These are old guys. They are yeah. old. That helps when you're playing, I, when it feels like you're playing the Jets, like right. Nick said. And defensively, too, we've, we've said it all year. These are transfers that are that are in the secondary, that are at linebacker, at all three levels on defense. They're older guys. These aren't former four stars that are redshirt freshmen or like this is their true sophomore year. After, you know, they transferred to Ole Miss for their second year. I mean, these are guys that have played a, you know, a lot of football. John Saunders. And guys who they know that they have to make the – if they're going to make the NFL, this is yeah. it. And by yeah. the way, DeAndre Prince is playing the best ball of his career. Oh, he's yeah, he's good. He's a very good player. He's yeah. playing like First an NFL guy. SEC guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, correct. Yeah. But, you, I mean, Dejon Anthony, John Saunders – uh, Zamari Walton, um, Deshaun Gaddy, mm-hmm. yeah, Tasia Young. Uh, I mean, tons and tons and tons of experience. So uh, Ben made a great point about that. We're like in a hostile environment early on. You need those types of leaders to keep people in check. And like, if Ole Miss were to go, you know, six and out, you know, you need those guys on defense. Like, hey, we we're gonna get the ball back. We're, we're gonna get it back. Um, I again, I, no identity at, at Alabama, and y'all been in that building for games like this. There is going to be a ton of nervous energy in there. I don't care how loud they are in the beginning; they are going to be nervous, and I think that the team can feel that. That is, Miss, that is, to this has point. been like that a lot. Where, mm-hmm. like, what was 2003 LSU, 2014 Auburn, um, or hell, any Ole Miss baseball game. 2015 Arkansas like that nervous energy 
Like it seeps down onto the sidelines. 2009 Virginia. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think I think Ole Miss comes out early and hits a couple big plays. Um, maybe one of those deep over routes to Watkins, or they hit a big one to Trey Harris, or you know, Priest Corn pops loose in the middle of the field. Again, like talking about game breakers, Alabama doesn't have a Rolando McLean or a Dante Hightower over there. Like they don't have those guys right now, at least right now. Like they, they're not making those plays. They're not shutting people down. Like Will Anderson's not on that team. So Rolando McLean is probably like 38 years old. <laughs> that was like a deep pull. Um, yeah, I mean, like it's 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 wild to talk about that, talk about Alabama like this, but I expect Ole Miss to go in and win. I, I predicted 31 21. I, I think Ole Miss controls the game. I, I think they're going to be crafty enough in the run game. I'm really excited to see if they implement some Spencer Sanders, some, some run packages for him to give Dart a break. Um, you know, that's what I thought that the whole reason for bringing him in was. When they go tempo, you get a big play downfield, or Dart has a you know twenty-five yard run, run out Spencer Sanders real quick, even just to just hand it off, but give Alabama something else to prepare for. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm I'm with everybody here. Um, I, I like Ole Miss to win outright for sure. So Zach, to your point on the nervous en- energy, that's it's a great way to put it, and I think that's what Nick's talking about. Frankly, is you've got. With nervous energy, if they jump on Ole Miss, that place will get rowdy quick. Mm-hmm. But if you jump on them, they just get that much more up. I mean, you're a pick oh, six away sitters. from that that being yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're pick sixing away from from that being the quite the opposite. Booing, who are oh, we gonna dude. play quarterback? The dynasty is over. You can just hear them talking like, Well, it's it was a good run, you know, that kind of deal. If and, Ole Miss, um, yeah, if Ole Miss goes down, let's say six play drive, punches it in, up seven nothing, kickoff, second or third play of the drive. If Milrow throws a pick six or a pick, not even a pick six, if he throws a pick, they might start booing. Oh, that there will be boos at that point. Look, even just at seven nothing here, but they'll get loud though for the defense at that. So. One thing to Ole Miss's advantage is is the two thirty kick. That is not the same type of environment as a seven p.m. kick, as an eight p.m. kick. It's just you just can't drink enough for fans right. to get rowdy enough at that point. And it's also not at night. People are just naturally more, in, you know, fired up at night. Well, they, I'm going to get out in front of this and say this: like it's 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 time for Quinshawn to step up. I mean. Like, this is like a step-up or step-out moment for him this year. Like, if you're going to be – yeah, it's time. If you're going to be the guy that's going to get – it's just time. It's time. If you're going to be the NFL guy, if you're going to play somewhere else – I'm not really worried about next year. But you just – you have to step up in games like this. This is what separates guys who are, like, sore from guys who just, like, step up and – and and Dude, take over. If you're commanding the NIL price tag that he is, let's just be blunt about it. It this is what it like this is what it's for. We do we're not you're not getting that to show out against Tulane. You're getting it for this game. Like this game is the one that matters. 
Like it's time. Now look at the the offensive line has not done him any favors today. They've just not. They've not. It's not. It's they've not. I agree. But but it didn't seem to be a problem for Bentley and Dart seems to have found some success mm-hmm. on the ground. So you know, put your foot in the ground and go, man. Well, hell, and, it, the the narrative of if not now, when for Kiffin beating Saban in Alabama. If not now, when for when Quinchon Judkins is going to get motivated to step up this year because mm. you're playing at Alabama in your home state, a program that didn't think you were good enough, mm-hmm. never gave you the time of day until after you were consensus freshman All-American, and then they start trying to tamper. I mean, come on, man. Like, the disrespect, I mean, yep. play that angle. I mean, play the, you know, play that card if you want. Play the villain. Play the... You know, everybody's it's just time for him. It's time for him to run as hard as he did at AM last year. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he ran his ass off last year against Bama, but you got to do it now because they're going to need him. Um, yeah. I mean, I think outside of just the obvious storylines in this one, the the biggest one for Ole Miss is you, you really need to see some positive reps from Priest Corn and Zachary Franklin. Um, Now, with that said, uh, Zach, about Gwenshawn, I'm not meaning to talk over you with the pre-scoring deal. I agree. Pre-scoring's probably more important than any other addition. And, and yeah. let's let's get out in front of Trey Harris. Trey Harris is 21 or 22. He had a sprain in his knee. That's my understanding. I don't know what he had, but that was the rumor. That's what I was told. People come back from that, dude. Like, he's going to be – now, I don't know how effective or ineffective, but he – again – He's in his early 20s. I was in my early 20s once and not as athletic as him. And those guys heal fast. Like, you just do. You can pull a hamstring at that age and, like, and play in two weeks. Like, it's not a – anyway, so so th- having those guys huge, Franklin, that's going to be huge, pre-scoring, all that kind of deal. It, let, let me say this about the Judkins thing. Ironically, I picked Ole Miss to win, not expecting Judkins of last year. Like, that has nothing to do with – I mean, if he could show up, I mean, with all the – I mean, Ole Miss could, like, win the division. Yeah, the last year year of divisions. It's all in front of them. That's what's so crazy. Yeah. Well, whatever. I mean, you can't control everyone. I just – I don't – I'm not picking Ole Miss to win at Alabama, and I'm not relying on Judkins to rush for 200. If he does, then like book, I mean, book hotels in Atlanta because game on at that point. Because Jackson Dart is playing like an All American, and if we also had an All American running back to show up, the offense yeah. would be nasty. Yeah, I mean, if Priest Corn can emerge as a as a go to target, and then you add in Zakari Franklin with the already stout wide receiver room, I mean, the offense is going to be just as deadly as it was in 2020. Yeah, I remember that we almost had Keon Coleman in this offense too, right? <laughs> God. Yeah. Nick yeah. didn't even talk about Jenkins. He's, uh, but I heard him go off of mute because I heard his his mic. <laughs> I, think I figured he was, was going to – He was crying. Yeah. I don't have much to say about Jenkins. I'm not I'm, – I'm, I'm, my point stands. There's a reason that they don't pay uh, running backs a ton of money in the NFL. To say that, yeah, I mean, it is what it is. I mean, I'm not, I mean look, look, I love I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to cause yards this year. Yeah, I'm not. I hope he, I would. I hope he wins the Heisman Trophy, but yeah. I really don't. I mean, I don't know that our success hinges on Quinn on on him. 
I, I just, you know, I think we're in bigger trouble if we lose the quarterback. <laughs> yeah. Just being honest well, with you. But, I mean, ultimately, uh, the, my, my point is, is that, like, a really good offensive line is just worth more to a team than a really good running back. That, that's all there is yeah. to it, I, I think. Unless it's Adrian Peterson or, like, another similar, like, Derrick Henry. Yeah, Bo type. Jackson. I mean, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, of course. Like, the, the, the top five running backs of all time, mm-hmm. sure. But, Which, like – just like be, the top five running backs in a given year, yeah, Alpha the line is probably more more important. To be, than the, you know, to be fair, Jenkins is up there. To be <laughs> fair, he had the best freshman year since Herschel Walker, so he's in. Yeah, he's he, good. he was in rarefied air last but year. He needs to play hard. Yeah, yeah. But okay, mm-hmm. my my point here would be the odds are stacked overwhelmingly against him that he's a future NFL Hall of Famer, right? Yeah. And my point is, is that like short of an NFL Hall of Famer, AP Derrick Henry. Bo Jackson, like I think of, I think I just think the line's worth more. That's, that's all there is to it. Lines just do so much more because, like, if Judkins doesn't have the ball, then he's just like standing out there, maybe blocking a dude. But like the lines are involved in every single play, and you guys saw what happened right. in the first half against Tulane. If you have a bad offensive line, it blows up the entire offense. Like it, yeah, he, ruins everything. His rushing against Tulane was nothing on him. He was getting hit as he was getting the ball. He there was one time we we did a little pitch out there to the left. And like a faster defense would have taken that pitch to the other way. Like, yeah, they would have caught it in the air. Yeah, it was ball that play the play sheet up and throw that play away. The the toss pitch thing that Weiss likes to do, delayed toss. I I don't want to see it a single time. If it happens against Alabama, I I would bet my life we're losing yards on it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah, and I'm really. I, um, I hope he runs for 200 yards. I really do. I hope, I hope it's time. 50 of them are on the toss pitch. <laughs> hey, for a touchdown <laughs> to win, you know, you know they're going to run it because they're going to try to set up some kind of play action off of it. I just, it's just oh, y'all crazy... remember when we faked that toss and hit 26 and 16? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah oh yeah. man, that was yeah, I that do was sex right there. Mm. <laughs> yeah, so. All right, let's get into let's get into other picks. I know Ben's locked in Ole Miss yeah, plus game seven. Star, game starts in like thirty six hours, so we got to get rolling. <laughs> um, all right, uh, Austin, you got one. Uh, uh, yeah, let's do. Uh, well, might as well let's uh, let's get our let's get our hate on. Oregon is playing uh, <laughs> Colorado Colorado this week. Um, now I know I just said. The, the Texas number, the Ole Miss number, markets change. They get more efficient. I know I said all that, so I'm not. I don't want to talk out of both sides of my mouth here. But somebody's going to have to explain to me how in Week One, Colorado can go on the road to TCU. Y'all remember that line? 20, uh, 23 and a half. 20, yeah, yeah. Twenty three and a half at TCU in Week One. Fast forward three weeks, they're without their best player at two positions. Travis Hunter is their best receiver and their best corner. They're without him. They're going two outs in, which is harder to play in that than than TCU. How can they be only twenty one on the road at Oregon? That I don't, I I can't square that circle. And again, I know that Colorado is much better than we thought they were going into the year. I just think Oregon would be like 13-14 against TCU. I think Oregon is a far superior team to TCU, and I think they're a far superior team to Colorado. But because Dion loves to chunk the ball around late to pad Shadur's numbers, um, I'm going to, I think, take a, a, a safer approach here. Rather than going full game number, I'm going to take a derivative number. Give me Oregon 
first half minus 13 and a half. First half minus 13 and a half? Yep. Okay. Yeah, I think they're going to really struggle from not having Travis Hunter. Like, I think that's like a – I mean, he is without a doubt their best player other than than Sanders. And not having him on both sides of the ball, that's going to be a killer. Yeah, I mean, he's He's an NFL player. Yeah, yeah, he's a, and he's like a it's a cluster injury. Top 10 like, pick, yeah. Because on both sides of the ball, it's it's tough. Like Colorado does not have the depth to sustain an injury like that at two positions. Yeah, yeah I, I've I got like my that. second pick whenever y'all are ready, but um, y'all can. And actually, Zach, I, I just check, I'm seeing a twelve now on Oregon first half. Are y'all okay? Yeah, if it's twenty, it's gonna that's about right. Yeah, right, we'll so I, I played a bad number early in the week, but I'll definitely take the twelve. All right, let me, let me go ahead and toss this one out real quick. Let's go ahead and get this under out of the way. No one likes to watch Big Ten football. No one likes to watch Michigan. I sure don't, so don't do this. Just bet the under 44 in this uh, Rutgers travels to Michigan game. Lines 24 oh. for Michigan. <clears throat> I expect you will see a, a medium-sized number for Michigan, maybe in the low to mid-30s, and a really, really small number next to Rutgers' name. I just think it's going to be an ugly one. I don't. It seems like a game that's like there's like a three hour rain delay. I haven't checked the weather for Ann Arbor, but I just feel like you turn that game on, and you're like, wait, why is this game in the first quarter? It's eight thirty, and it's because there was a rain delay. <laughs> just no one cares to watch it. No one wants to be there. This is that game. Rutgers still. I mean, you know, I guess they're better than the years past. Um, I mean, they did kind of whip up on Virginia Tech last week, but I don't think that their offense is going to do a whole lot against Michigan, and I really don't think that Michigan. I mean, thus far this year, they've scored 30, 35, and 31. I don't think they have any reason to just, like, pour it on Rutgers. If you told me this game was, like, 24 to 3, uh, that's, like, yeah, I could totally see that. Under 44, love this number. And by the way, Michigan hasn't covered a spread yet this year. That's kind of wild. Mm. Yeah, and they've not exactly – I mean, they've East Carolina, UNLV, and, and, you know, Bowling Green. They've also total given up 16 points. Yeah. So I think you'll expect to see that trend. I, this is a game, again, I, I implore you, don't watch it. And it's also the Lazarus game for Jim Harbaugh, back from the dead after the tribute. <laughs> and oh, back. they'll be playing for him then. Uh, maybe, maybe this is a bad pick. No, they'll just suffocate Rutgers. They'll just sit on them. All right. Had to do it to him. <laughs> Probably the game that I will have on the big screen after Ole Miss – takes on Alabama we are going to the Palouse six o'clock mm. Oregon State at Washington State I am going with the Cougs plus three here it is probably one of the better games of the weekend no doubt between between two teams that have just kind of rebranded quickly and dude, going back to the identity thing they have identities um, Oregon State and Jonathan Smith are going to try to control, control, control. And then Wazoo with Cam Ward, who Ole Miss at one time was really wanting to add him to the roster. Mm-hmm. Um, he's really kind of rounded out his game and, and found a, a place where he can thrive in that offense. I like the Cougs, man. It's tough to go up to the Palouse and win. That's a really, really weird place to uh, to play a football game. That place will be rocking. I um. I like them to, to to pull off the, you know, quote, shocker here. Um, they've been really good at home. They never trailed in that win over Wisconsin. Um, 
And yeah, Cam Ward completing 72% of his passes, no picks. He has nine touchdowns. Um, and as good as Oregon State's defense has been early, I just kind of have a sneaky feeling that Wazoo's going to get it done here. Uh, people are calling this the unwanted bowl. Um, I was going to say, uh, this guy, does this count as the conference championship? Like, this is the, <laughs> these are the last two left. This is the pack two. Um, yeah, I'm going with the Cougs. I, I think it'll be a fun game. Um, I love when Wazoo does some kind of cool uniform with their with their gray. I think their gray is really good. It's hard to pull off gray. It's not a great color. Um, I think it's like Wazoo and Ohio State do it well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, sellout. It, it, it's it'll be rocking up there. At, um, Nick, correct me. Is it Martin Field? You know, it used to – well, it's still Martin Field, but the, it's like Wesu Stadium or something random now. They changed the name. But, yeah, this is like the, okay. the the brotherly love game. I saw today the ADs of both schools had – instead of having like the you know the Pac-12 logo behind their Zoom background, they yeah. had like a mix uh, Oregon State, Washington State, like repeating background. I mean, these <laughs> teams – and also I, from apparently it's like almost a done deal. These teams are going to play a home-and-home home next year. Because they're struggling Good. to, you know, get games, obviously. And I was like, I kind of wish they'd play like a double home and home. It would be sick. So yeah, I, I love, I love this game. And these two teams, like, I mean, I feel bad for them, and I, I really enjoy Washington State and Oregon State football. So it, it's kind of a bummer that they're gonna like, almost be relegated the next few years. So enjoy it while you can. It sucks, well, it, man. I'm well, not the first was, to point it out, but it, like those are the blows. two fan bases. Those are two fan bases that actually care about they sports in that conference. Shit. Like yeah, like yeah. nobody, like, nobody gives a shit on the West Coast. Washington State fans are die hard. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it is. So it's it's Gesa Field at Martin Stadium. Yeah, I knew it was an they 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 bastardized and gave it a, a real name. And it's, but yeah, Martin Stadium. And I don't know about y'all because I, I watch a lot of Pac-12 after dark, but I think their stadium is cool. It's a cool little stadium, and in Research Stadium, they've updated down in Oregon State now. Yeah, again, it just it it stinks that we're losing. Like this is like a legitimately cool game. I can't wait to watch Stanford play Northwestern or you know Cal play Illinois. I mean, gosh, man, everyone's dying to watch those games. Or, or I mean, everyone's like, well, there were, you know, there's obviously USC too, but like, who cares about UCLA Iowa? Yeah, I don't even care yeah. about UCLA Ohio State. But do you actually care? You don't care about uh, USC Maryland either. Like, N- no, I don't. It, like, it's just trash. Like, it, nobody I, cares like, about that game. We're adding like okay, it'll be cool when Michigan and Ohio State play USC. That like that's almost like the end of the coolness there. I, I mean, yeah. it's really not like. And how often are they going to play? I mean, they're not going to play every year. It's a massive conference. Uh, we don't have to go down that rabbit hole. Sorry. All right, Ben, you got another one. Yeah, I can't really figure this line out. So let's go to. Um, Lawrence, Kansas. Mm-hmm. Oh boy. Where the Jayhawks are laying nine and a half. This is a crazy line. To BYU. I don't I don't understand it. I, I don't BYU, I don't understand. Are they expecting a BYU team a that just beat beat an SEC team on the mm-hmm. road? Yeah, they yeah. just beat Arkansas. On that game, that game was drunk as hell too. Did y'all watch that? Like it, <laughs> it, it was so weird. It was off the rails. <laughs> so I'm gonna take BYU plus nine and a half. Simply, be- I mean Kansas laying nine and a half. If Kansas beats like, them by ten, they're like legitimately good. I mean, maybe they, they are. are. 
man, Kansas almost are. almost lost last week to Nevada. I mean, they struggled in that yeah. game. Yeah, weren't they I, I, without I somebody it, on offense? I don't know. Maybe, maybe. Maybe. I don't know. But you know, Keon Slovis and. He's like 35 years old. We actually played against each other in high school, and I, I'm like saving for retirement. No, I'm kidding. But they, um, yeah, can't uh, BYU simply based on the fact that they went to Arkansas, won a game in Fayetteville, regardless of how drunk it was. That's still a big deal. I mean, Ole Miss can't do it, and so <laughs> and they went and successfully did that. Now they're getting nine and a half at Kansas. Doesn't make sense. Kansas is not a football school. They're a basketball school, will always be a basketball school, no matter who their coach is. So um, mm-hmm. give me the points. I'm not even going to provide a lot of analysis here. Like, this just, are they, it's almost they too still, good to be true. Nick, do you know, are they still letting students in for free? Kansas? Didn't they do that promotion yeah. at the end of the year? Yeah, I don't know if they're still doing it. I, just to piggyback off Ben's thing, like, it's almost one of those games where we're going to look back and, like, Kansas beats them, like, you know. 36 to 10, and we're like, oh, yeah, good Vegas knew what they were talking about. This makes no sense. I mean, like, there's not that many power five, like, good teams we'd be 10-point favorites against. And Kansas, I, it blows my mind. blows my mind. If BYU played in Oxford, we would be, pro- what would we like, like 15 and a half? Yeah. It'd be, yeah. Are, are, yeah. We, are we six points better than Kansas? I mean, what was Georgia Tech? What did it close at? 18? 18 and a half, yeah. I think yes. BYU's better than Georgia Tech, don't y'all? Yeah, so 14 and a half maybe in Oxford. But yeah, I mean, that's just, a, that's this a lot doesn't of make sense. Unless they're thinking of like a hangover from BYU. Now, I did see earlier time. in the week there was – I think there was threat of weather in the Midwest and Kansas included. Now, I don't – you know, I don't think BYU can go ground and pound either, but maybe that's influencing the number here. What's the total? Do we have a really low total? For BYU? Yeah. Because I can imagine with a with a compressed total, maybe okay. that accounts for I, I don't know fifty five the, the, the traditional number. Yeah, yep. they just they just hung the number. I don't know, man. I don't know. It doesn't make sense to me, and which means can I should be taking Kansas. I should be taking Kansas because <laughs> it just seems too obvious. I mean, BYU no, man, has I'll, the better like quarterback. They, I, I don't I don't get this at all. Um, I like it. So I'm taking the Cougs. Are you looking for a premier golf course in Northwest Mississippi or the Memphis, Tennessee area? Well, look no further than Cherokee Valley Golf Club in Olive Branch. It's less than 15 minutes from the Memphis International Airport and is one of the finest in the Magnolia State. The 18-hole par 72 course includes four sets of tees, tips out at 6,751, 11 lakes, 52 bunkers. You can also check out the lodge-style clubhouse. So if you're in the area and you're looking for a premier golf experience, Look no further than Cherokee Valley Golf Club. Check them out, olivebranchgolf.com. You can give them a call, 662-893-4444. This podcast also comes to you thanks to Bluff City Advisory Group, Memphis's leading team of finance professionals who can provide advanced assistance with financial planning, pension, and qualified plan support and business and estate planning strategies as well. Former Ole Miss Rebel and founding partner Ben Still, along with his elite-level customer service team, make it their goal to help you meet the ongoing demands of your financial needs. Learn about this and more at bluffcityadvisory.com. All right. Austin. Yeah. You know, before I keep – before we go, last week, the pick of the week was Kansas State. And they yeah. lost. Yeah. Not only did they not cover, they God. lost. Damn it. And then the second pick of the week was Tennessee. 
not only did they not cover, they got blown out. Yeah. So we were, you know, uh, I mean, this is hashtag gambling, obviously, but I mean, two, two lines there that we believed were absolutely locks. And we, I mean, those two stinkers kept us from a, what, 10 and two week collectively. Yeah. Cause Nick, I mean, sorry, just double overtime. You're not getting under 62. That's just, that sucked. I was but, on the right side though. I said, wait, didn't we go nine and three? Yeah. So we were, we were two we're, like we're now over, 11 and one. Yeah. We're now over 500 for the year. We're heating back up. Like we were a couple yeah. years ago. Marathon, not a sprint. It's a marathon. That, that's correct. Can confirm. Have done one. Uh, all right. So I've been on, uh, I've been against this team sorry. for the very, for the sorry, very, that wasn't, sorry, that wasn't a flex. I was just saying it sucks. And you <laughs> Definitely a flex. Hey, yeah, so yeah. Yourself. yeah. Look, I've only done um, one. So, uh, I've been on understate from the get go under six and a half. Yep. Last yep. week, um, was very encouraging for my under season long bet. I'm going to continue to bet against this state team until I see reason not to. Uh, Arnett is in over his head. He gets frustrated when his offense can't move the ball and just runs the engage eight play from NCAA football like <laughs> 10 times in a row. Like that's, that's what they do. That's their game plan. I think he's going to be uh, severely outcoached in this matchup. I think South Carolina has a better quarterback. It's at South Carolina, whose offensive line this year has not been great, but last week showed signs of life against the Georgia front that is much better than State's front. I trust Rattler and South Carolina's weapons on the road under a touchdown. Feels like a layup to me. How does State score against anybody at this point? I don't know. Give me Carolina winning 30-13. to 13. Six yeah. feels easy. Yeah, that's a, it does. That's a place yeah. we're talking about Martin Stadium up in – Coleman, Williams, Bryce will be, and this is a late kick, right? Unhinged. Yes, it's a night game. Yeah. It will yeah. be bonkers up there. I think they'll probably take the. I mean, this is a bad way to be, but a moral victory from that Georgia game. Be like, you know, we're not that bad. You know, they'll they'll look encouraged by it. Truly, no, I I think so. I think so. Look for long stretches of that game. They looked like the better team. And then, you know, Georgia showed up and finished them off. As Zach put it, South Carolina just kind of ran out of gas. They were running on fumes by the end of that game. And that makes sense because Georgia's much deeper and has a much better roster. But Mississippi State does not. And uh, I think Arnett's in trouble. I I think he's in trouble. I think they might have fired up the agent machine down there. Yep. A a great question for this would be, where does state win a matchup in this game? I mean, without know. the air raid, they definitely can't do it at quarterback. No. Um, I mean, maybe Jaquavius Marks is better than the like nine headed monster that South Carolina runs out at running back, but that's a stretch. I like Tulu Griffin, and he's a weapon in state in special teams. The state has a really good one of their linebackers is really good. And they've got a couple of good defensive linemen. Um, but, but they're old. Know. Remember, guys, they're old. And that's going to make it – like at some point that will come into play <laughs> is what we were told all offseason. Austin, as you like to say, uh, experience doesn't matter when it's shit experience. Exactly. Like who gives a shit? And that's exactly, like that's, that's, what we're, that's what we're seeing right now. We're seeing a bunch of old guys who weren't good Momo Sonogo was once old. 
Yeah, they're not good enough to be NFL players, and they're playing against NFL players in games against LSU and games against South Carolina. In this league, you play NFL players, I will, and State, um, State doesn't have them. Yeah, I'll steal this from uh, Tom Fernelli on the Cover 3 podcast. I did I did hear him say this, and I was like, damn, that's I haven't heard anybody say it out loud. Mm-hmm. But I think it's it's true for linebackers, too. He was talking about running backs. He was talking about mm-hmm. how Bama has senior running backs, and he was like, you don't want senior running backs. Yeah, yeah. You want those dudes in the NFL. There's no tread this, left on those tires, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, they're just not good enough. And I think the same goes for linebackers. Like, you want linebackers to play for two, maybe three years, and then go to the league. Mm-hmm. And just by the way, it, digging into the numbers last week, Rodgers had 107 <laughs> passing yards. <laughs> I mean, it was like your, 10 of 23, wasn't so my, man, my man's down bad. They're bad, man, man, I would be so mad if I were him because he was going to go down as like a goat at state. Dude, like he should have there when he realized you know, they weren't going air raid again. He should have bolted. He should have hit the portal and gone to Texas State, State or somewhere. Yeah, could you imagine him with with our boy Gary Joe? Exactly. That's what I'm saying. He's perfect for that. Like, go somewhere that's running the true air raid or the closest thing to it. Mm-hmm. He would have put up crazy numbers again this year and may have actually gotten decent NFL buzz. Playing this offense, people see him for exactly what he is. He's not an NFL quarterback, and I mean, we're, I think we're going to see that week in and week out now. Okay, Nick. Yeah. Where are we going in the Big Ten or the MAC? Um, I'm actually going to go to a future uh, Big Ten team, and I'm um, head out <laughs> I west. You're going to say uh, futures, but <laughs> no, no. Uh, in case you guys have not noticed, the uh, line in the Utah UCLA game moved a little, a little bit today. It's where is it? Yeah, where the where Cam is it rising? Going? Uh, it's headed towards Utah. Where the Cam Rising is going to be playing, I think is I don't know if that's like out yet, but I think it's it's pretty obvious when the line moved two points in a day. What's yep. happening? Uh, lines up to six. Started around uh, four, I believe, for Utah. Not six minus six now. I just don't think that this UCLA team is like exceptional I, I kind of think they're they're built up on on oh, like the really? fact that they're three and zero against like bowling green and or excuse me coastal carolina who's not very good san diego state and then an scs team and i think that utah's defense mm. is legit i mean I, I obviously you know what they did against florida maybe looks a little bit better than it did at the time mm-hmm. uh which which what we thought was was good and maybe even looks even better now uh, kind of sleptwalked a little bit of Baylor the next week, but the defense was still very good. And then last week, you know, did what they had to do against Weber State. Uh, Utah's defense is good. Cam Rising is also very good. I don't necessarily think that he's going to come out like show out in his first game back, but I, I think the offense is good enough to get put up some points. Um, so you know, Utah minus six. I mean, it's less than a touchdown. I mean, that that's huge. I, I definitely think if you're getting this game though, watch it because it could be something that ends up north of seven by the time kick kick gets here on Saturday. Yeah, so if going... rising gets announced, you're you're going to see one way traffic on that number. And as you said, and, Nick, I mean it's already moving that direction. But if they announce that he's starting, this thing could go to like ten. Yeah, I, I, I like kind of like what happening with us at Tulane, and yep. all of a sudden, like we're sitting there, like when the teams came out on the field, it was like you know it gone up three points, and then all of a sudden it was like fourteen right before kickoff. And you're like, wait, what? What just happened? Mm-hmm. And I think it. I don't necessarily think it's going to go to like 14, but if, yeah, if you told me it was eight or nine or 10 by the time kickoff comes on Saturday, I would definitely believe that. Cause like I said, it went from either four or, or four and a half to six today. 
And it just it that doesn't happen on on a Thursday afternoon uh, without some news being out there. And once it goes public, yeah, it's going to move some more. It's going to cross that big the the number of seven for sure. Hmm. I was actually leaning taking UCLA here. I like what Chip Kelly's done. Finally, it, was it Dante, Dante Moore? Moore? He's good. He's, He's very, very good. good. Um, but, but if Cam Rising's there, now it will be his first action for the year. We don't know how that knee is gonna gonna be, but um, this is in uh, Rice Eccles, correct? Yep. Yeah, it's gonna be a that'll be a hornet's nest. Um, so we'll see how good the eighteen year old is there. Um, okay, I am going to go, and I know you guys are excited for this one, and y'all are probably like, "Damn." You stole it. Like, I, I can't believe you're going to go there, but I'm headed to Pratt and Whitney Stadium in East Hartford, Connecticut. <laughs> oh, I actually did consider this game. And I'm taking the uh, over. Um, It's just 44. Is that correct? Yeah, but I think there might be weather. Oh, is there? Son of a bitch. Uh, yeah, yeah I, can get it, I can get it at 44 and... It looks like, at least according yeah, to AccuWeather, it's cloudy. Seventy-one. Like the hurricane that's in the Atlantic, yeah. right? But I think, I think that might be like a Saturday night thing for up in Connecticut. Hopefully, maybe. Or what's the um, the line? Says, what minus twenty-two? Yes, yeah, twenty and a half, twenty-one and a half. Oof! Looks um, like ninety-seven percent chance of rain. Yeah. <laughs> Son of a bitch. Zach, let me circle back to you. Yeah, because I'm not doing that now. Fuck. <laughs> Sorry, I'm not up on my my nutmeg state weather. Yeah, well, you always got to be watching the Atlantic, you know. <laughs> once you once you get into the totals game, yeah, you got to start checking the yeah, AccuWeather. That, that, uh, absolutely. Sorry. Yeah, circle back. I got one. Ben, three. what you got? Back. Ben, you already at three. He's on mute. No, I've been on mute trying there to get is. it off. I'm, um. Yeah, <laughs> sounds so defeated. I know. I know. I know. I was trying to get it. so been apologized. Uh, yeah, I uh, <laughs> I uh, I've got. I'm either going. I've got. I'm down to two games. So, well, three really. So, I'm gonna talk about all of them. And maybe we can collectively come up with a, the best. UCF as well without John Rice Plumley mm-hmm. and Kansas State's gonna get a get right game against them at home Ooh. laying three and a half yes uh, I, yes that's a great pick i like james madison minus five and a half at utah state utah state is terrible um and james madison you know I, they they covered for me like not only did they cover they beat troy last they're just week. good man they're just a they're good, good program and Oop, yeah. Oop, so badly they could go to a bowl. Lineman, and he's from yeah. there yeah that's the one you said I wish so badly they could go to a bowl. It's so stupid that they're. Why are they? So why are they phase. still doing this? This is. I don't. Such... I don't understand. Because more, I I understand like the the idea of you don't want teams moving up and like dropping immediately back down. But like that's never happened. Before. Yeah, nobody's done that. Yeah, no one's no one's done it. I mean, that would be it would be crazy to put on. Or just do this. Like, okay, if you do that, we'll find you ten million dollars. No one's yeah. doing it. Um, but just, I mean, like, yeah, we're solving like, problems that don't exist. But I mean, like from a fairness standpoint, they're they're student athletes, which they're far more student athletes at James Madison than they are at Ole Miss, mm-hmm. which is like the ideal of the NCAA is to protect the student athletes. Or student athletes that went there and are like 
their second and third or third and fourth years at James Madison, they can't play in a bowl or a conference championship game. Like, what point are we proving here? Like, it's just, yeah, it's stupid. stupid. All right, the last, I agree. The last of the of the ones that I may pick, uh, UTSA in Knoxville. No, nah, don't don't do this. UTSA's they're mailing it in. And I and think quarterback is banged up. I, I th- I th- yeah, I was gonna say Frank Harris is hurt. He was dating. Wait, y'all, t- y'all, y'all taught me into it. I'm going to um, <laughs> take uh, James Madison. Love the it. Dukes. Um, the Dukes. Yeah, yeah, love it. On the road, laying five and a half. Sneaky at Utah cool State. State. Blake Anderson. At Utah State. I love that. Correct. Dude, yep. every stadium in that state is cool. Yeah, yeah they um, yeah. Shout out to uh, shout out to our boys Stephen Hartzell and and Joe Troy and big Dukes guys. So who I, was, what, I actually what, work with a guy who went to Utah State. Who was their quarterback? Uh, Chucky, Chucky Keaton. Keaton. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That dude was slanging it. Wait, okay, okay. Who was their quarterback? I thought you were. Saying, I was like, dude, there's no way this guy's still there. Okay, <laughs> I thought I was going crazy. Okay, so Ben's got three in the books. Um, if we're gonna circle back to me, let me double check here who they're playing because I'm I'm kind of in Ben's boat on. Oh, um, God, I hate to do this because if they don't, I'm gonna just try to break my phone in half. Um, I'm going to lay the 14 with Oklahoma. Actually, I can get 13 and a half at FanDuel. Um, do we really think Cincinnati's that good? Like, do we really think that Emory Jones is that good? Um, no. I, I think this is like the games that it doesn't matter who the head coach is at Oklahoma. These are the games where they try to run it up and they try to make examples of people just to flex before an actual game happens. Um, and I don't know if our brows will be on the field pre or post game for this one, but, um, <laughs> I think Jeff Levy, Austin, you talk about apologize. I'm pretty sure he apologized. Um, did he finally apologize? Cause he was pretty defiant initially. Anyway, I think I, I want to say, I heard that he might've done something to rectify okay. it. Right. Look, I mean, he pulled I, the whole, I, you know, grandfather of my kids thing and. Which yeah, which cool, I understand. Like, which I understand, but the like, field. my dog, like, do you need hearing aids for how tone deaf you are? Like, well, yeah, and I think the, the 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 problem there was apparently they had covered that when he isn't was it in hired. his contract? Yeah, right. Yeah, I think that's the issue. Is like, yeah, you knew that when you signed away the right to be seen with Art Riles in Oklahoma <laughs> gear, bro. <laughs> I mean, dude, and like, well, somebody said that, um, uh. Somebody said that Art Browse looked like uh, I, I saw like people were, were cooking him on Twitter. They're like, he looks like an extra on Sons of Anarchy, or um, he looked like Billy Bob Thornton. Um, I mean, he was getting because he he does look like shit. Yeah, and he's got some kind of like does he have like blonde and like his goatee or something? He did for a while. Yeah, he went. Yeah, yeah, he died something when he like was the high school coach or whatever. Didn't he coach high school or JUCO or something for a couple years? He was, uh, oh, wait, he coached high school for sure. And then didn't he go overseas? Oh, maybe. Let me, I got a computer right here. Um, Yeah, he was at Estra, Estra Guelphy. Oh, that's where Tavian Robinson's from. So he was in oh, Canada. Really? Yeah. Then he went to Mount Vernon High School in Texas. Then he went 
So he's back at Esther Guelphy in uh, Canada. Um, he did have a stint in the Italian Football League. I mean, just just an enormous scumbag still getting paid somehow. All right. So, yeah, I'm locking in Oklahoma minus 14. Um, Dylan Gabriel and Levy, all jokes aside, they have a great connection. Uh, that offense is humming. And, again, like I said, if they can put it on a Cincinnati team that I don't believe in whatsoever, um, I think they're going to get it done here. What's – as a oh, that's 11 a.m. Fox at Nippert. Um, yeah, I'm good. Yeah. Emory Jones has been fine. I don't want to. I don't want to stomp on him too much, but yeah, I like Dylan Gabriel and them to get it done because they're gonna. They put up sixty six on Tulsa, seventy three on Arkansas State. Um, they were kind of snoozy against SMU last week, but they covered. They seem um, to be on a mission, and the the thing about yeah. them too is if it gets, let's say they go up big by twenty, twenty four, whatever, and they go to the backup. Hell, he may be better than oh. than Dylan Gabriel, so. It's tough to claw your way back in it, even with a you know a big dog. If you're if you're hoping for the mm-hmm. back door, if they keep throwing the ball around, it doesn't get any easier. Yeah, uh, and Jackson Arnold's going to come in like Matt Jones does for Ole Miss. He's going to try to throw a touchdown pass. Yeah, he's the closer. Dude, this is a year that Texas goes to Alabama and and wrecks them, and then gets popped by Oklahoma. You know, it'll be something uh, stupid. Could happen, man. Oh, we could. That's gonna be a that's gonna be an awesome game. Yeah. All right. Am I back up? Yeah. Man, I I, I want to get involved in one of the big games of the weekend. There's so many big games this weekend: Ohio State, Notre Dame, and Florida State, Clemson. And but mm. those numbers are really really sharp to me. It feels like the market is is dead on in most of those. So I'm gonna go to another. I think I want to do another derivative number here. Uh, ben mentioned UTSA at Tennessee. I think I'm going to do uh, Tennessee in a bounce back here. First half team total over 20 and a half. I just need 21 points out of Tennessee in the first half. I think they get there. UTSA seems to be. Uh, they're like down uh, the water. Yeah, exactly. Perfectly said. I don't know that they're, they've quit on trailer. Who's a really good coach. I just don't think they have the dudes and they've had a tough schedule right out of the gate. But last week against Army, man, the effort did not look great. Um, they got rolled up by a pretty average Army team. I know Tennessee, you know, got their ass whipped last week by Florida, but I think Heupel needs to put a number on the board. Uh, oh to yeah, get some some of the big orange faithful back Dude, on board. Those psychos in the Eastern Time Zone are groveling already. Exactly. So I, I expect a number in the first half, and maybe throw it in cruise control in the second half. Surely Tennessee can give me 21 points in the first half against UTSA. So uh, let's do that. Over 20 and a half Tennessee team total over first half. All right, Nick, you got one more? Probably on mute. And he's uh, gone. Yeah, no, I'm not muted. Zach, it's your turn? Because I'm still, I'm still thinking. I'm still looking. Okay. I'm going to go ahead and jump on this bandwagon on the flats that – uh might be okay. We saw him last week up close and personal. And look, Haynes King wasn't bad. And they got some dudes at receiver. I like the Eric Singleton Jr. kid can really uh can really run. He uh got yeah, behind the defense. Good. 
he got behind the defense a couple times. And uh, if Brent Key, like they, they, again, the buzzword here for this episode, he, they have an identity. They're going to play mm-hmm. defense, and they've got a good quarterback now. Um, this is not your granddad's wake. Uh, they don't have Sam Hartman. He will be mm-hmm. in South Bend. Um, this one seems funky. I hope I'm not on the wrong side of this one. Um, I don't know how Wake is favored here, but I like Georgia Tech to uh, get a dub, uh, get plus three and a half. I like them to win outright. It's a must win for Tech if they're going to bowl. I mean, they got to have this one. Yes, they have to. Um, And the weather does not look great, but give me Georgia Tech with some physicality and uh, and that Jamal Haynes kid's not bad at running back. No, and like you said, Kings look pretty good, man. I mean, compared to he what made, you know when we last saw last him week. at A and M, he's like a different yeah. dude. Yeah, I like. Uh, yeah, it's kind of a wrong team favored type game here. It's on the CW network at five thirty. Mm, good, good. You can right watch after that, sister, uh, sister. Just <laughs> 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 so you can watch. You can watch. Uh, what is that? Oh my god, I used to watch it. Yeah, you can watch some Riverdale and then uh, watch this game. That's right. All right, I found an uglier game somehow than the other here two we that go. I bet on. I don't really don't know what I'm doing here. I'm going back to the Big Ten well. I, I don't know what's gotten <laughs> into me this week. I, the game of the week on CBS, it's where Danielson and Nestler will be. This is the whiteout game, Penn State, Iowa. I really thought about the line here. The line's Gross. minus 14 and a half, which is that that's a, that's a killer for me because I, I definitely could – See Penn State winning by 14. The, the hook there is big. So I'm going, and I really, this is, I, honestly, I don't even feel can't good wait about for it. This. I Sicko don't even mode. feel good about it. This is, an, this is a bad under in the NFL. I'm going under 40. <sighs> the, Iowa, Penn State. I just think that Iowa is <laughs> pathetic on offense. And I think last week, whenever they like went for it on fourth down or whatever late in the game to try and score more points against Western Michigan, tells me everything I need to know about what they expect from the next you know nine weeks worth of football and their drive to what drive to three twenty five or whatever it is. I think they are awful offensively. I don't think they're going to score like many points at all, maybe seven or ten tops. And we know what they're going to do defensively. I do think I mean, my concern in this game actually is I think Penn state might just whip them and you know, they could win like, like 35 seven is not a cover here. And that's, that's my only concern is making sure that Penn state turns it off late in the game and then just keep running up the score. I do think the Iowa defense is good enough to get some stops though. Um, but I don't know if their offense is good enough to like keep Penn state off the field in, in any way, is, shape or fashion. So that's a concern, but under 40. Is Iowa the most, like forgettable three and O ranked team in the country. They're forgettable. They've been forgettable for what five years now or so. I mean, there's always like a win they get in November. That's really cool. But I mean, <laughs> they've, they've been forgettable for okay. a, like a while now. Uh, here's my theory, dude, in that Rose bowl, when they were top 10 and Christian McCaffrey just baptized them, <laughs> that's when it all went downhill after that. They still just have PTSD after that. Like, dude, like they, that was a really good Iowa team. I mean, yeah. I think they were like, what, six in the country or something. And, dude, he shredded them. I mean, it was not even close. Um, 
Nick, our boy, um, Phil Parker is still the defensive coordinator at, at Iowa. If you're still curious, yeah, exactly. That's all. And he's, and Brian, he's been Brian he's Ferenc been a, is still the OC. Inference is a dead man walking. There's no way he's hitting the average, the 25 no, or whatever. No like I, Austin Ben, I don't know if y'all are familiar, but Phil Parker has been on staff at Iowa since 1999. He's an I saw some Iowa fans were talking about they were like, oh, we're, we're tired of talking about this whole have to average 25 points a game thing, but like they put it in his contract. Yeah, right. That's I, your fault. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't matter if you're tired of talking about it. He's got to hit the number. Like, <laughs> yeah. So Phil Parker, one might say, is the Derek Nix of Iowa football. Ooh, Oof. that's good right there. It, uh, I mean, yeah. think about how easy it would have been to just like fire the guy rather. I mean, think about how low your bar is. We put a bar you have to average 25. Oh, and you get three games a year against non-conference opponents. And he gets to count – they get to count defensive scores. Yeah, that's – yeah, yeah. They just literally (laughs) have to average 25. Yeah. It can be all defensive scores. They're just – the team has Um, to get 25 points a game. That's that's crazy. Good pull there, Austin, on the Derek Nix. Because – and I will say this. Phil Parker, like Derek Nix – Looks very young for his age. Mm-hmm. I mean, Derek Nix still looks like he's in college. Yeah. Phil Parker, he's not old. He's 60, but I saw a picture of him. I did not think he was 60. So good for him. Good for both of them. Yeah. Hey, career longevity. I mean, come on. You can't can't hate a guy for that. And he's got good defenses. All right. Um, do we have any more weather updates on, like, the East Coast? No, I just at East Coast, and like I said, I think Midwest and Kansas had the chance for rain, heavy rain. Okay, Nick, I I did see it might help you out with the weather up there. I, I think it is supposed to rain. Yeah, that sounds about but, right. The white out, yeah, that sounds right. James Franklin, then they might just hand it off to those two stud running backs they have, and you might be all right. That'll be a Big Ten, what like a nineteen to nine game or something like that basically Eight, 18 18 to, to to five yeah with i was gonna say with iowa playing there's got to be a safety somewhere there, <laughs> a run <so>. rule <laughs> yeah all right uh that is going to do it this week's hit that line like we said earlier in the show we are above 500 on the year great week last week we uh are obviously looking to uh capitalize on the momentum keep it up Got 12 locks for you, and uh, I'm pretty sure we all agreed that Ole Miss will win outright this weekend in Tuscaloosa. Shock the world. All that good stuff. We will have more coverage leading up to that game on Saturday at omspirit.com. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast, the Talk of Champions podcast network, anywhere you can find your podcast. All of the shows are there. That's six shows. We got every day of the week covered for you. And also be sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel. That is at OM Spirit. All the shows are there as well. Shout out to Homefield Apparel, College Corner, and the rest of the folks that make this show possible. Until next week, gentlemen, it was a pleasure as always. And uh, we will be chatting over the weekend. Till next week, we out of here. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. 
that crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.